Welcome to Sam's Business Growth Show. I'm Sam Dunning, a digital marketing, sales, and business growth evangelist. Tune in and subscribe today as I'll be interviewing business leaders, experts, and entrepreneurs from around the globe. You'll be learning their story, how digital marketing has helped them along the way, and exclusive tips and insights to help you skyrocket your own business. Welcome back to the show. I'm really excited to have joining me today, Scott Lease. Scott founded Scott Lease Consulting back in 2016, which is focused on helping businesses scale from naught to $25 million in annual recurring revenue. Scott's also the founder of Surf and Sales, the conference, as well as the podcast. Um, he also is author of the number one best-selling book, Addicted to the Process, which he released back in 2017. Scott's a three times winner of the 25 Inside Sales Professionals by the American Association of Inside Sales. I'm a highly sought-after consultant, advisor, leader, and sales trainer. Scott has spent his entire career building and scaling software-as-a-service companies with a proven track record. Scott, thanks very much for joining me. How are you doing, man? I'm doing good, man. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to talk with you today. Excellent. Yeah, really excited to jump right in. There's plenty of things we want to cover today, Scott. We'd love to learn your proven business growth strategies, your recommended digital marketing channels that we should all be using, and how you've scaled your business over the years. But first of all, I'd really love to learn a bit more about your background, Scott. So for anyone who doesn't know Scott Lease, it'd be great to learn where you grew up and how you got into the business world ever since you left school, man. Yeah, thanks. Um, <clears throat> now I've, I've, I've talked about it uh, a number of times before, but happy to go over it again for people who've never heard of me but i i am not a business person like from birth i was not one of those kids that had a lemonade stand or sold football cards or you know repurposed their halloween candy and sold it to kids down the street uh all i cared about all i cared about to be honest with you when i was growing up was sports you know I, i played every sport i could get my hands on um Ended up being really good at, uh, at a couple of them. Ended up playing college tennis and college soccer four years uh, with nice, quite man. a good team. <clears throat> and uh, got through school. Went, you know, I had a psychology degree and a religious studies minor. So not at all okay. business focused. Just like these things sound interesting in between my practices and games. So I'll just learn about that. Um, went to grad school and uh, got a master's degree in uh, learning theory, learning instructional technology, and, and really like started to think that being a corporate trainer might be interesting at that point in time. Um, All right, okay. It had nothing to, do with sa- nothing to do with sales though, just like teaching people and, and training people how to do things. Um, so I'm, t- I'm like 22 years old when I finish uh, grad school, 23 years old, and I, I come home and uh, I get really, really sick and fall deathly ill. Um, I'm six foot two, 195 pounds. Normally I lost 55 pounds, uh, in like four to six weeks. Oh, damn man. What happened to you? Uh, it took them a long while to, to figure it out. Uh, but turned out I have, um, autoimmune disease and turned into, uh, ulcerative colitis and ulcerative colitis just ravaged my body really, really aggressively and really quickly. Uh, and I ended up spending four years in the hospital fighting for my life. So age 23 oh, yeah. to 27, okay. um, I spent the majority of that period of time in the hospital, 
struggling, you know, uh, I've had, I've had nine surgeries in my life. Four were life-saving surgeries during that period of time. Uh, I have no large, in, no large intestine. So I'm missing organs. I function differently. And during that four year period, um, in order to, you know, deal with the pain that I was in, uh, they pumped me full of narcotics, full of opioids. So morphine, Dilaudid, Oxy, every, you know, everything you could think of, right? Every pain med you could think of. So I end up uh, an opioid addict, of course. Oh, uh, no. So, you know, I have to have to get healthy from all the sickness and the surgery. Then when I'm better, I have to kick off dope. So here I am. I'm 27 years old. I've, I've never, I've actually never had a regular job in my life at 27 years old. Everything I had ever done to make money was like coaching kids, sports, or giving tennis lessons, things like that. Um, and here I am, I'm like, well, what the fuck am I going to do now, man? All this stuff I learned in school, like out the window, uh, I'm behind everybody. You know, I have friends who are in careers now, like how am I going to make money? I ended up getting married and moving from a small town in Northern California where I grew up called Chico, California moving to the San Francisco Bay Area. Uh, okay, my, nice. My, my new new bride, and she was going to go to grad school at UC Berkeley. And I'm like, dude, I need to, how am I going to fucking survive in this place? It's like so <laughs> expensive in the Bay Area. What am I going to do? So the only thing I could think of that made any sense was to go after a sales job um, because I knew that the better you performed, the more money you could make. And I knew that the harder you worked, it would translate into, you know, more, more wins and more success. And I, and I realized that wasn't the case in every field. Uh, and as a competitor, I understood like you perform well, you get paid, you perform poorly, you get cut. And something about that kind of resonated with me. So sure. long winding road, uh, you know, how, how I ended up in the, in the field of sales, but there you yeah, have it. So you went through a, a tough few years by the sounds of it, Scott in and out of hospital for four years, I think it was, you said, and then obviously you got married, which is, which is good. You moved, moved away. How, how did you know about sales? Did you have friends in sales roles? Did you, or? No, or you just... I, I, I did. I did not. It was a 100% strategic decision. It was just looking around at the landscape of things and trying to figure out how, how can I make enough money here? Like I, I can't just go teach. Uh, I never, finished and got like a full-blown psychology degree like what am I gonna do I don't want to bartend or be a waiter or anything like that um and I, I can't remember who but somebody like must have put a bug in my ear to, to check out sales and I checked it out and I'm like okay this makes sense um and so I I targeted early stage startup companies because I, I thought they would be most likely to give some guy a shot who'd never done it before uh, and I, and I, and I found one and they brought me in for the interview and the VP of sales was basically like, you know, what have you been doing? <laughs> what have you been doing your whole, your whole life? Like, why should I give you a chance? And I kind of talked to him about my athletic background and my, and my health crisis. And I, and I'm like, look, man, somebody somewhere is going to give me a shot and they're not going to regret it. Cause like you have not found somebody who has been through what I've been through and who has such a sense of urgency and a, and a massive appreciation for uh, the limited number of opportunities we have in this life. And, you know, that, that story, you know, resonated with him and he, and he gave me a shot and, uh, you know, turned out awesome. that I was pretty decent at it. So. 
Cool. So what was the first sales job you got into, Scott? What did that involve? I was selling, I was selling, it was inside sales, telephone sales. Um, okay. Selling o- online lead generation tools for real estate agents and brokers and automotive dealers um, here in the, uh, in, in the States. Um, this is in 2004. So this is before iPhones and before uh, I, we didn't use Salesforce. You know, we had no <laughs> CRM at all. We had no, you know, enablement platform. That word didn't even exist, sales and enablement, right? So this was like me with no lead list at all, just like Google searching uh, real estate agent Austin, Texas, and seeing a list of people come up and me picking up like a old rotary phone and holding it like this in between my shoulder <laughs> and my head and typing away and just chatting, you know? Um, and in order to close the deal, we had to fill out a paper contract and fax it away and wait for it to get signed and faxed back. So, oh, well, proper old school. It's, okay. It's, so it's good time. I'm dating yeah, myself. Now you know how, now you know how old I am. <laughs> so, so how did that go? Was that something you picked up pretty easily or was it quite a steep learning curve? No, I, um, I don't know, man. I, I, I got lucky in that, uh, something about it <clears throat> resonated with me and, and made sense. So it took me five days to make my first sale. Um, I got hired with good. 20 people. I got hired with 20 people. Okay. We had four hours on day one of training and that was it. And we got shoved onto the phone. And by that first Friday that we were working, I was the last person who had either not quit or not already made a sale. And so that first Friday, I was absolutely convinced that if I didn't get a deal, uh, they were going to fire me. And so I just didn't leave my desk that Friday and I just stayed and stayed and stayed. And it was like 9:30 PM on a Friday night. And I was cold calling uh, a, a region, you know, cold calling Hawaii actually to take advantage of the time zone change yeah, yeah, yeah. early over there. And I happened to get a hold of this guy and, and get a one call close and like, you know, the light bulb went off, so to speak. And I, awesome. I realized, you know, the only way that I succeeded was because I just outworked everybody in that particular day and having no experience and no coaching or training. I, I decided that was the, my advantage. That was how I was going to win. I was going to outwork everybody. Um, and so I just, you know, I completely committed my entire life to um, getting good at this. And, uh, you know, it didn't take me very long after that. It took me like a month and a half, two months before I was the number one salesperson in the company. Um, I was only a sales rep for seven months before I got promoted to sales manager and was running a team of 20. A couple months after that, I got promoted again to senior sales manager. Now I'm helping run two teams of 70 people in two different states and two different offices. So, you know, I, I I rose up pretty quick. It took me all told, it took me a little less than three years to go from first ever sales job to first VP of sales job. That's, that's really quick, Scott. And would you put that down to sheer hard work and grit and determination? Or was there any other factors that were involved that helped you progress in such a short space of time? Uh, you know, a, a little bit of kind of inherent leadership skills. You know, I've been captain of my soccer team forever and captain of the tennis team. And, 
you know, just kind of naturally, um, you know, convincing type personality and, and that kind of thing. So I, I think I had some of the, the DNA without knowing it. Um, certainly all the hard work, nobody was outworking me at that point in time um, and the commitment. And I also studied as best I could the craft. You know, I read a lot of books on, on leadership and uh, on business and things like that. Um, yeah. A lot of stories on overcoming hardship and tragedy that, that resonated with me. And, you know, but yeah, to pin my finger on one thing, it was just like, I wanted it more than anybody else, you know? And uh, Great. That's, that's really important. Yeah. Awesome. Okay, Scott. So you progressed pretty well from that company in a really short space of time, like you were saying. What happened next for you? Did you move on to, to another business? Did you move on to a different type of career? Were you, have you always been in that sector or? No, I mean, I've always, I've always been in the, the tech sector in the SaaS uh, space. Um, the first company I was at, I, you know, after about two and a half years, I inquired as to how I could be a VP of sales. And they told me, you know, too soon, too fast kid. And so I left and I found a VP of sales job. Um, and so that, that's been my pattern. Like I, I have gone to businesses that basically have no customers and no revenue. I scale them up to, you know, 20 million ARR. So um, I've done it now five times. Uh, I've had, I've had six VP of sales roles. Five of them, I got to north of 20 million in two and a half to three years. Um, wow. And then I tend to, to move on, you know, something, something happens when there's four or 500 people in the company, you know, more red tape and um, I, I lose the enthusiasm that I have in the early stages. I, I like building things from scratch and putting the process in place and, and bringing the right people in, in the beginning. Um, and so I, you know, I, I decided that, that would be my niche. I would be the zero to 20 guy. Um, and it's, it's, a, it's a lot of hard work and there's not that many people who like that particular um, stage in, of being a VP of sales. Um, so strategically, you know, I think it's been a, a decent advantage for me. Um, and then nine years ago, I left San Francisco and moved to Austin, Texas, which at the time was like an up and coming tech hub. And, and now is, you know, widely considered one of the top three uh, tech hubs uh, in America. So kind of another strategic move there to get out of a big, huge, expensive city with, you know, God knows how many people who do what I do move to a smaller area, be a part of the growth of that movement and that community become more recognizable in the community. Um, and now, you know, I, I'm pretty proud to be one of the, um, you know, more well-known sales leaders uh, in the city. Fantastic, Scott. So it sounds like you, you really love building up startups or getting involved in companies that are quite, quite newly formed and then scaling them right up. So on that side of things, Scott, how many companies did you kind of move from until you decided to go it alone? And what was the stage and what was the process when you thought I want to do something myself and set up my own consulting business? Yeah. So it was six companies I've been an operator for. Um, I would consider five of them to be really good successes. And one of them was a mistake on my part and I didn't do a good job of vetting the opportunity. Um, <clears throat> when I was at company five out of the six, I started the consulting company because at that point in time I had done this enough times as well that, I was starting to have people ask me for advice and help and whatnot. And so I started building up that part of my business, that part of my oh, life, just as a, as a side hustle, right? 
And then by the time I get to company six that I'm building up, now like I'm generating some significant income from this side hustle consulting business. Um, and so I started to realize like, I think my next move is going to be to do this myself and be an advisor to companies specifically at that stage of the game, right? Um, companies who have some product market fit, but no real scalable sales process, maybe no VP of sales, you know, no idea how to go from, from here to way up here. Um, and so when I got to the point that my income from my regular job was matched by my income from my side hustle, uh, I knew that it was kind of, kind of time. Um, and so I, I was at, I was at my last company Qualia for, for three years. It was an incredible run. They're doing really well still today. I'm really excited about their future. Um, but I had done what I went there to do. Um, and so that was, I, I left in October of last year or so. I'm about six months into, you know, being full time uh, in the consulting business for myself. Um, and I also, while I was doing the consulting business and working a full time gig, I built up the surf and sales business and brand, um, you know, as well. So yeah. So I, how did you manage to juggle all this stuff at the same time, Scott? Like you're doing three different things. You're working a full time like, yeah. sales leadership role. You had a consult consulting business and you also had this. this tell us a bit more yeah. about surf and sales and how that yeah. kind of works. And how that how you juggle yeah, these three? Uh, I mean, I'm I'm a I'm a very efficient person. I don't. I'm blessed to not overanalyze a lot of things. So if an idea comes into my head and it sounds good, then I just start executing on it um, and kind of damn the consequences. I'll, I'll figure it out kind of along the way. Uh, I'm it. not good. I'm not good with idle hands. So you know my my wife will tell you like, I'm not good at sitting around doing nothing and, and resting, you know? So, um, I, I stay busy and, uh, I've always known and, and, and tried to kind of live by the, you know, you need seven streams of income. The average millionaire has at least seven streams of income. Right. So <clears throat> I was on a vacation, um, with my friend Richard Harris and his, his family and my family. And we were in Costa Rica. Um, and I was kind of discussing sales conferences and how, you know, I don't like going to these conferences anymore when there's, you know, a hundred thousand people there and it's in the, you know, ballroom at the Hilton or hotel or whatever. And it's in the same boring cities as, as always. And so I'm, well, how come nobody has a sales conference in like a kick-ass place like Costa Rica, like where we are right here. And he's like, I don't know, Scott, maybe you should, uh, maybe you should, should build one and I'm like well <laughs> you know fuck you I'm gonna build one then and and literally like two months later I had plunked down you know all the money I rented three houses right on the beach in Costa Rica I roped Richard into the event with me uh, I roped a good surfing buddy of mine named Jeff Coleman in as the third partner to help nice. run all the logistics of travel and all this kind of stuff and um, just the whole idea and concept was what we need to focus on intimate experiential events, deep learning, deep connection, um, deep networking, more powerful uh, storytelling and things like that. Uh, and so, you know, it's, it's a combination of a sales and leadership conference and a, a bit of a vacation, you know, and we get, we get some good exercise while surfing. I hire local instructors to come out and teach people who've never gone before. 
I hire locals to, uh, you know, cook for us, clean for us. And it's a real, like, you know, all expenses paid kind of. It does uh, sound really, really good fun. It sounds like the ideal conference. Yeah, so it's, it's, an, it's, a, it's a micro sales conference, right? It's an alternative to going to some big bloated thing that you don't Got get it. much value out of. And yeah. So When did you start that, Scott? Start, uh, 2018, we did one. Okay. 2019, we did two. And we snuck one in this year in, in February before this crisis has hit uh, the whole world. And, you know, we had planned to do two more this year. Um, obviously, those plans are 100% on hold. Um, course, yeah. But I'm, optimist I'm optimistic that when this uh, fog lifts uh, fr from everybody that, uh, you know, I, I think people will, will gravitate towards this small group kind of learning opportunity and, and getaway. And I think we're all going to be tired of being cooped up inside and, uh, you know, want to jet off to somewhere that's, beautiful. So I'm hoping, sure, I'm hoping that maybe we can squeeze. Yeah. I'm hoping maybe we can squeeze one in before the, the year's out. Um, fingers crossed, you know, we'll be back. I hope so. And I'm exactly like you. It's, it's refreshing to hear that you're into soccer because I love football. And I, I love sports, yeah, and I gotta, being stuck inside is hard can, work, you man. You can see the audience can't the audience can't see, but oh, Liv uh, you're a Liverpool sport as well. I'm a Liverpool sport. <laughs> well, there you go. How about that? <laughs> yes, I am. I have been. I have been for uh, for a number of years, a long, long time now. I mean, I, I don't want to bore the bore the audience too much with our Liverpool talk, but we are going to win the league. Well, if if they don't postpone it, that is. <laughs> yeah. Well, they'll just delay it, and they can they can restart it. We can, we can finish off what's left right and, and exactly exactly finish. awesome yeah. good good to hear we've got that in common okay man so that's that's great great to learn a bit more about your story and about the surf and sales conference and i know you and richard have also got the podcast which you can shout out towards the end so all right Scott, how in terms of um we always like to talk about how you actually scaled your own business and we'll lead on to how digital marketing's played a part in that but in terms of for anyone listening that's thinking about setting up a business or anyone who's recently started up a business. Um, what were the strategies that you took, Scott? I know you said you, you were working um, sales leadership role at the same time. So you started building up a cash reserve and you said once you had, once you were making the same amount of money on your side gig, which was a consultation job, you decided to go all in on that. So how was <laughs> yeah. it to build up that business in the first, when you first started, was it, was it hard work? What did you do to make it a success? And, how did you go about it? No, it it it, uh, it wasn't that hard of work to be honest with you because because I had taken the strategy and approach that I that I did. I think it would be much much harder if somebody leaves their regular job and you know, boom, day day one just flips it over and they're starting from scratch. Like yeah. I already had a num I already had a number of clients, right? Got it. Um, and I had I had already established. Uh, you know, a brand or my, a name for myself on platforms like LinkedIn, for example, uh, where I'm, you know, I'm, I'm pretty ever present. I, I write stuff all the time. Sure. Um, and I, I had networked into a venture capital firm. Um, and so I've, I've worked with a number of, of their portfolio companies. So I, I my approach was very much one of, of trying to eliminate as much risk as possible. You know, I'm I see, yeah. as, as, as kind of decisive and random as I am with some decisions about like, let's go do a sales conference in Costa Rica. Um, <laughs> I'm also like pretty prudent and, and a bit of a chicken shit candidly 
about taking other risks. And so I, I, I wasn't going to leave my security blanket of this real gig until I felt confident that at least for a certain period of time, my, my side hustle stuff was going to work. So I stepped off the, you know, stepped off the boat, so to speak, and, you know, let the world know what I was up to and like, boom, you know, got hit with like a big influx of, of interest. And the very first month that I, that I was doing this full time, I made more money in that month than I've ever made in a single month in my whole entire life. Um, and then the next month, month, month two, I lost like 85% of it. So oh, I brought wow. in like 15, 15%. So I, I go from like my best month of my whole entire life to making like 15% as much the next month. And then the third month is like a little bit more. And then January, February, March has been real solid. Uh, January was like really good again. And, and February and March have been like, I'm real comfortable where they're at and it seems to be stabilizing and normalizing now. So, um, no, I, my approach was one of like just de-risking the situation as much as possible. You yeah, know? it sounds like you, you, you basically had a network built up from your, from your previous job roles and businesses. Yeah. So you, you had a network of clients already there ready to roll. So like you say, you mitigated your risk. Yeah, I, had, um, I, had, I, had a, I had a few just to keep like, you know, the baseline, right? It's almost like I, I knew for sure I, I could cover like a base salary type thing, right? Makes sense. Um, yeah. So. Okay. And, and what strategies have you utilized along the way, Scott, in terms of pulling new business in? And what strategies would you recommend that anyone listening should, should undertake if they're in a similar tech business or business in general? Yeah. Um, well, certainly, you know, building your own personal brand um, and finding your own voice, that, that's been number one for me. Um, it was probably four plus years ago or so, maybe close to five, that, that I really started being intentful with my activity on LinkedIn and growing that network as large as I could and, and finding a voice and, um, you know, creating meaningful content and trying to help as many people as humanly possible. Uh, and anybody out there right now in any role that they're in can start doing that now. So like, rather than fucking around on Instagram and Snapchat and whatever else, you know, TikTok, whatever else people are doing, like I was on LinkedIn, like sending people connection requests saying, hey, you know, I don't know how I can help you out yet. Um, but I, I, I'm available, like, if you ever need anything, you know, let me know, um, and that kind of stuff. Um, and so, you know, everybody, I think anybody who's serious about building a, a brand for themselves, as well as a business, uh, stands to benefit from that. Um, especially sure. if you're in, sa in sales or sales leadership or thought leadership or entrepreneurship or whatever. Um, it's helped me recruit, it's helped me get my message out there, you know, to a wider audience, that wide audience then creates inbound interest and activity for me, right? Um, utilizing that platform, LinkedIn in particular, uh, <clears throat> I try to appear on as many shows like this, you know, as I can, uh, again, to reach unique, you know, audiences uh, that might not know who, who I am and, and what I do. So I try to stay relevant, um, you know, I kind of make a joke. This guy, I've appeared on like, I can't even tell you how many shows or events. And I, I kind of feel like one of these politicos who's 
like a talking head on TV who, who keeps showing <laughs> up on, on CNN or the BBC and like talking about the election or whatever. It's like, I'm trying to stay visible. Yeah, right? I mean, there's that, there's that thing, isn't there, Scott? If people see you around enough times, even if they don't like you to start with, eventually they will like you. Um, and, hopefully, and... hopefully. <laughs> they, they would at least so hopefully that's the case am, for you. Maybe, right? yeah. That's it. All right, so LinkedIn's played a big part in, in the growth of your business, yeah. it sounds like, in your and personal the, brand. And the, and the podcast channel yeah uh, and i also wrote a book you know in in 2000 yeah let's, let's talk a bit about that you had a number one bestseller right yeah yeah in 2017 i i finally took like this sales philosophy that i had applied um and 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 culled from my life experience and, and health challenges uh and and addiction recovery and created addiction selling uh, addiction selling model um and it's basically find pain build value create urgency discuss solution and so I, I put all that down <clears throat> you know pen to paper uh and that's been a huge kind of calling card and business card you know for me um it, it sold much better than i expected i also have mailed off all around the world you know a couple thousand or more copies to people who who wanted them um and so that i think has helped you know not just further my brand but also get get my sort of sales philosophy into people's heads a little bit so you know if if sam read my book and is like oh this you know this makes a ton of sense to me then you bring it to your company and you start talking about it there and then at some point you know a sales leader there or a founder there is like hey you know i got a couple kids on our team who are into this guy we should reach out to this guy and see if he can't you know um help us scale our business or you know, maybe do a training for us or a sales kickoff or, or whatever. Um, and so nice, that, that's really been my focus, man. And, and the only other thing I'd say, like I mentioned before, <clears throat> you know, I've, I've utilized referrals really, really well. And, and I, I wound my way into, you know, um, a couple of VC firms. Uh, and those, you know, those firms have portfolio companies and those, port th those, those companies are all, you know, growing and looking for, Got people, it. And it's you know, to help them and stuff. So that's something we've not touched on too much um, in this show. We I recently had Jake Dunlap on and he gave us some really good details on the best way to conduct discovery calls. But it'll be good to learn from your side, Scott, on the best way to ask for referrals. And any recommendations you'd give to business owners or sales reps or you know, um here, here's here's my biggest my biggest tip. Um, and this is contrary to what a lot of sales leaders are going to tell you. Um, everybody wants you to ask for referrals right after you close the deal, right? It's probably in 80% of the listeners sales script. Like, Welcome aboard, Sam. Thanks for uh, trusting us. I like referrals just like you send me over, right? Um, I don't do that. I don't ask for referrals until after I have, done the work for somebody and after I feel like I've made uh, an impact. Okay. Um, and then when I know that that relationship is solid and, and the work product has been good um, and I feel good about what I've done for them, you know, then I just kind of say thank you and say, Hey, you know, I know you're going to come across a lot of other people in your situation. If you'd be willing to just drop my name in the hat, if they ever need a help, I, I'd be really grateful. Um, and so, you know, I, that's been my approach and I, I've stayed close and kind of friendly with some of the, the companies and founders that, uh, you know, 
were clients of mine for a significant period of time and, and maybe aren't even right now. Um, but I, I've maintained those kind of relationships. So I, I guess the tip, tip that I've done is I, I wait a little longer than other people before asking for the referral. No, and I think I, I think that's a good tip, and I think I do much the same actually, Scott. I like to to wait. So in our case, we, we if we do a good job on on building a website, if we do a great digital marketing strategy or SEO strategy, it starts to get results, and we say, look, um, Bob, we've we've got you some decent results here. Would you mind letting me know anyone you think could benefit from the same kind of results that you know? Um, could you pass them my way, or give me a quick intro on email or whatever? Um, so I think that's that's yeah. a great piece of advice. Cool. And are there any other digital marketing channels, Scott, that you've tapped into? So we've talked about LinkedIn, we've talked about referrals, we've talked about books, podcasts. Do you guys do any other forms of digital marketing or is that pretty much all, all bases covered? No, no that's, that's oh, really it for me. You know, I'm pretty, pretty bare bones at the moment. Um, you know, when I, when I went down this path in October, I, I told myself, I'm going to give it a year. I'm going to go October to October. Let me see how I do. Let me see if I enjoy it, if I miss being a part of a team, um, you know, if I'm, if I'm miserable and I, and I fail, like, so what, I'll go back and get a, you know, a VP of sales job again. Um, if I do really, really well, then the conversation and the thought process is, okay, how big do I want to take this? Do I want to start hiring people? Do I want to start getting aggressive with a digital marketing strategy, right? Um, what other things can I do? What kind of content can I produce that I can, you know, maybe put behind a paywall uh, sure. and, and deliver in mass and things like that. Um, but I, I, you know, right now, pretty, pretty bare bones. And, and my strategy is a lot different than, you know, my business model is a lot different than a lot of other kind of sales talking heads. Everybody for the most part is like a sales trainer. Right? Um, I don't really do that. You know, I can do that, but that's not my thing. I don't, I don't usually get hired to go in and deliver sales training to people. Um, I've done that, you know, most recently Google hired me and I went into their sales team and in Austin and, and delivered a training. But um, my model is really like I work with founders and COOs and, and early heads of sales to work on their sales strategy, their sales process, their sales messaging, their sales recruiting, all of these kind of things. Um, and so, you know, I, I don't know that as much of a marketing presence as is needed. What is needed for me is results, right? I need to help these people get off the ground. I need to help them go from zero to 5 million or zero to 10 million. I need to help them find their VP of sales. I need to leverage my network to help them find AEs and sales managers, right? Um, and so if I do that. For me, that's the best, the best source. And that, no, that makes perfect sense. And I think you've given some sound advice, Scott. And although this, this is going to be some seriously hard ground to govern just a few minutes as we're, we're coming to, towards the end. If, as, as you've said, you love how um, scaling up startups from naught to, to 25 million, which is an awesome figure to get to. If you were, if you were hitting a startup, let's say in the, in the software as a service comp space, and they recently started in the, ne- the last few days, let's say they're brand new, and they said, Scott, we're, we're hiring you. Um, we've, got, we've got three sales reps. We need to make as, yeah. much, as much as possible in the next few months. I mean, what, would you ta- what would be the process for anyone, any business owners listening? Would you say, look, hit the phone, start dialing some, some decent data, start generating some appointments? Would you say, look, get on LinkedIn, start social selling, 
do this, send some no. cold emails, or is there a certain strategy that you say, look, this is, this is the best way no. to go from scratch to... Yeah, yeah. It's actually a bit of the opposite. I really kind of tell everybody to sit down and shut the fuck up for a second and, 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 and figure out what is our message? What, what, what are the pain points that we, that we solve? Why are these pain points uh, important for businesses to solve? What, what is the value in fixing these things and alleviating the pain? Um, and let's figure out why is there urgency or is there urgency? How, how do we make people understand that your company and your product um, is not fixing a paper cut, but rather, you know, bandaging a severed limb here, right? Like this is, this is a big problem and we need to act now. And so once, once I can help the company formulate the message around what's wrong, why it's important, why it's, you know, an immediate need to fix, then we figure out how to talk about what they do. And inevitably founders are infatuated with their product and they over explain and uh, over complicate things. So a lot of what I do is try to strip away the fluff, okay? And, and simplify, simplify, simplify. What are the main couple things that we do specifically to fix these things that are, that are busted and, and, you know, and cover all the ground we just covered? So that's kind of the first, the first step for me. And then we start looking at stuff like, okay, what's our ICP? What's the geography that we're gonna that we're gonna sell into, right? Uh, what are the tools that we're going to use? Is this a inside entirely sale or an inside outside hybrid? How much face to face? What's our pricing model, right? What's our category? Are we selling to realtors? Are we selling to auto dealerships? Are we selling to other software companies? Um, so then the strategy stuff comes into place, and then you lay the process like. How many times do we call people in a 21 day period? What's, what's our sequence? How many, how many email touches, right? Um, who's the contacts inside of the account, right? Is, is it just one kind of account and, and or one contact in the account and that's a decision maker? Is there like a hundred contacts that we have to sell to in this complex sale in order to bring on the account, right? What enablement tool, what are the, uh, what does the cadence look like? What are all the email copy look like? What's the sales collateral look like? What kind of ROI calculations can, can we put together? And it's really only until I have those things and we have a good sound foundation and, and, and plan of attack that I would say, okay, guys and gals, like, let's cut you loose and, and have a go, right? Awesome. No, that makes, that makes I sense. Jammed, I jammed as much as I could in there. Yeah, yeah, that, that, was, that was a really good couple of minutes. So kind of really clearly lay out the problem that your solution fixes and then start working on your plan of attack and how you can address yeah. those issues, how you can reach out to decision makers and, and so on and so forth. Excellent. Okay, Scott, we're coming close to the end, but are there any habits that you follow or any habits that you believe people should be following to be successful? Man. So many, um, you know, my, my, my number one thing is really, um, you know, you control you at the end of the day. Like I can't control the crisis that's going on right now. I can't control people's decisions about whether to buy uh, or not, but I can control my attitude. I can control my effort. I can control the things that I learn and the things I spend time on. I control the people I spend time with. Uh, the environments I put myself in, 
uh, or choose not to put myself in. Um, so I'm a, I'm a big believer in, in that. I'm a big believer in, you know, we're in charge of, of our lives. We don't let things happen to us. We proactively make decisions and go after the things that we, that we want. Great stuff. Great stuff. And, and just to, to wrap things up, Scott, have you got any golden nuggets of advice for any startups on just general pieces of advice, really, Scott? Is there anything you can say in terms of helping them build up their network or any, anything that, you, that helped you when you first started off that any of your mentors have kind of given I mean, advice? I yeah, mean, the best piece of advice to, to work on your network is just to start doing it. You know, there, there's absolutely no reason to sit around and wait. Okay? Just start just asking it. people to connect, just reach out, you know, ask them to how you can help. Um, maybe ask them if you can get some advice from them, just go for it, man. You know, um, and, and you never know who's going to be of value to you. Right. I, mean, I don't remember when you and I, you know, first knew of each other or whatnot, or, or, or first connected, but you know, here, here we are today, hopefully helping each other out a little bit. Um, and if one of us hadn't made the first move, right, we never would have had this conversation. We've got plans, you and I, to do something down the road with some other folks that we, we get along with and are buddies with. Um, so you just, you just never know. So make the effort and reach out. Excellent. Excellent, Scott. All right. What I'd like to ask everyone on the show is if you could thank just one person, either dead or alive, for having a positive influence on yourself and your career so far, who would that be, Scott, and why? Um, I'm going to thank my 96-year-old Sicilian grandmother who's uh, at home in, in Northern California. She's the, the toughest person I know. Um, I don't want to go too deep, but uh, she, she grew up in a mob family. Her house got blown up, legitimately got blown up. Oh, she was wow. A little girl, right. little girl and, and killed family members. And uh, as an 11-year-old girl, she had to step up and be the mother of the house to her sisters and her father and, and whatnot. And uh, all my life, she has just been a shining example of, um, uh, of a life of servitude, a life of, of, of strength, uh, a life of family and, and health and happiness. And, uh, you know, she was amazing for me to fall back on when I was, when I was sick. So uh, shout out to my grandma. Sounds like an amazing woman. That's an amazing age as well. Awesome, Scott. Okay, well, everyone, you've been listening to Sam's Business Growth Show, where we sit down with business leaders, experts, and entrepreneurs from around the globe. We find out their story, how digital marketing has helped along the way, and their exclusive tips and insights to help you skyrocket your business. The show is sponsored by webchoiceuk.com, helping businesses grow with results-driven digital marketing, SEO, custom websites and mobile apps. That's webchoiceuk.com. Scott, just before we go, how can people connect with yourself? Tell us a little bit more about your businesses and the best way to get in touch. Yeah, I mean, the, the best way to get in touch with me is, is just reach out to me on LinkedIn. I, uh, I obsess over my, my inbox. Um, unfortunately, it's really complicated for me to try to make new connections because I'm maxed out on connections uh, at 30,000. Uh, but... Um, you know, I respond to all of my, my LinkedIn email messages. Um, so shoot me a note. Uh, I'll get back to you. Um, please check out surfandsales.com. Uh, wonderful event. We'll get back to hosting these events all around the world soon. Great spiff if you run a sales team to send your top performers to. 
Um, and anybody who's, uh, you know, an early stage startup or a growth stage kind of startup and look, looking for advice on, um, on how to scale their sales organization, uh, you know, please think of me. You, you can find me at scottleaseconsulting.com. And last plug, uh, I promise um, I run my own podcast, the Surf and Sales Podcast with me and Richard Harris. Um, talk to interesting people uh, from all around the world as well. Uh, it's, a, it's a good time. And, and so if you're looking for a new podcast to check out uh, after you listen to Sam's podcast, of course, <laughs> uh, you know, consider us maybe option B. Fantastic. Thanks so much, Scott. Subscribe today for more digital marketing, sales, and business growth tips from the experts.